So before we get started, we just want to say how excited we are that Red Light Rising are sponsoring the School of Calisthenics podcast. These guys have got some awesome tech, which comes with a whole host of health and performance benefits that is backed up by some really solid science. Myself and Tim have always been interested in ways that we can improve our health and our wellness, and we've been enjoying using the Red Light therapy that James and Brian have developed at Red Light Rising to help improve our recovery and performance. They're also releasing a series of articles on their blog to help improve your immunity during this difficult time, looking at things to improve circadian rhythm, fasting protocols, cold water therapy, heat therapy, as well as obviously the red light therapy itself. So these guys are giving out some amazing information, which is really useful during this time. And if you're interested in finding out more about red light therapy, head over to the website, check out the blogs. And because they're nice, generous guys, they've also given a 5% offer to School of Calisthenics podcast listeners of any of their red light therapy products. So if you want to check those out, and you want to bag yourself a little bit of a bargain, just use code SOC5 at checkout and enjoy 5% off better health and immunity. Just go to redlightrising.co.uk to find out more information or to see what the guys have got going on social just search red light rising on your favorite channel on to the podcast welcome to the school of calisthenics podcast with your hosts tim and jacko Today on the podcast then, Timbo, it's not very often that you get a guy straight from, well, straight from, but recently from the NFL. It's none other than Jason Bell, now co-host on the NFL show. And uh, buckle up because uh, there's a lot of excitement and enthusiasm in this one and a lot of takeaway messages, not just for your training, but some, some really nice actual life lessons. Yeah, there's a few people that we get to spend some time with that we really just appreciate any contact we, we get. And Jason is always um, bringing tons of energy um, and just excitement about what he's doing in training, what he's doing with work, what we're doing, the combination of getting to do things together. So it's an absolute blast to spend some time with him. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's a lot else to say. Sit back and enjoy this one because he's such a, a great guy tons of experience um playing around with some calisthenics and we sort of met up last year which we talk about a little bit to, to try and help him on his a bit of an injury rehabilitation journey so anybody coming out of sport or or training and carrying some knocks and injuries there's a little bit of hopefully motivation and, and you can learn from what he's done with a I don't think it's probably fair to say there's a lot of people suffering with some of the stuff that he's come out with with the with the, um, the injuries he's had from the NFL so it probably puts a little bit of perspective hopefully for some yeah. people and there's some and there's some really nice little life lessons and things that you can you can take from it when when someone's played a, a level that he's done there's certain things that he's he's learned and that he's applying into to his everyday life and work and relationships that um you can do the same and it's actually very encouraging around you having the your own experiences and your you've probably got the answer to some of your own questions that you might have and whether that's in training or outside of training how you can use experiences in your life to help either of them so there's a few there's a bit of fluffy stuff in there but it's pretty powerful from my perspective so sit back and enjoy Jason Bell the absolute legend on the School of Calisthenics podcast roll the jingle So Jason, welcome to the podcast. We had a little bit of like, this interview started five minutes ago, so we are like <laughs> thoroughly enthusiastic and fired up. It's wicked to connect again. Uh, it's been a while since we saw you sort of in the summertime when we had a first yeah. little experience with some calisthenics. So welcome on the podcast. I'm excited for you to share your wealth of knowledge experience with the people. 
This is really cool, man. And of course, I love you too. You guys are <laughs> awesome. Everything you're doing. So anything I can do to be on your good side so I keep getting the good info, I'm all in. We're pretty easy to please. You just done it there by saying something nice to us. And next week we've got <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So, mate, how's things been going? So we we sort of connected um, when we did a little bit of a calisthenic session with yourself. We had Will Greenwood down. Um, people might have seen that YouTube video, but if they haven't and you want to see what uh, two athletes go to war, go to war with, uh, with some calisthenics <laughs> progressions, it's definitely worth a little watch. The NFL versus rugby. Yeah. How's the uh, how's things been going since then? Because that was like when we first met, that was like you're, you'd never done any calisthenics before. Obviously got a great training background, but um, what's, what's, uh, what's been the progression since then, if any? Uh, it's been good. You've sent me some stuff. So I've been able to kind of follow along. And I, you know, I'd say the big thing I realized is by doing that is there are certain movements that really help my injuries. And so I kind of have stayed on those and uh, tailored all my workouts around using those things. I, a lot of the bridge and stuff has really helped uh, my, fire my glutes and stuff like that. Of course, the, the handstand stuff has been brilliant. And after going at it with Will Greenwood, I realized I needed to get my game together because he was just way too strong. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, it's uh, I want to now that it's slowed down from a lot of the stuff I was doing during the NFL season. I really want to step up my game as far as training. There was a lot of maintenance through the year. The same way it's similar to when you're playing. Uh, you got so much time you're spending playing the game, preparing for the game. You still need to work out, but your workouts are kind of uh, scaled back a little bit, and it's all about uh, maintenance. Yeah. So, Jason, uh, mentioning the NFL there, obviously, like some people will know you um, from presenting the NFL show, or knew you from when you were playing, or some people, the, the old person, there might be one person listening that doesn't know. It's like, who's this guy? Sounds exciting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's going to get an award tonight, <laughs> yeah. so you better know who he is. He's an yeah. award winner. You don't get to you don't get to present the NFL show without having played in the NFL, and so just set the tone for for us uh, and the listeners of going. What was it like uh, being? you know, an American football athlete in the NFL um, and what that sort of, what did that entail? What did that look like? And, and where has that sort of left you with post uh, American football career in terms of you, wow. in terms of the body for your physical? Oh yeah. Oh, wow. So it's a, it's a ridiculously demanding sport. I spent so much time uh, training so much time running and lifting weights and all that. I've been doing it since I was 14 years old. So just trying to get bigger because I was a smaller guy as far as weight's concerned. So I was constantly trying to put on muscle mass. And it's really just demanding. I would say, you know, you're playing a sport where you're pushing on another human. But the hardest part of it all is, you know, falling down and getting back up, you know, <laughs> doing that over and over and over again. I just think about how much I did that. And it's just it's so physically demanding. I think what I learned as a player, and I learned this early on by watching guys that had had success and were older, is the things they did to take care of their body. It was all the things they did away from the game that made them sustain and had success. So as a player, uh, as brutal as a sport is and as fun as it is, you really become an expert taking care of yourself. We're all different, but we all have these tools we can use that can make us better athletes on the field uh, and it's all about 
staying with that discipline and doing that. And, and that, that's the main thing in a short condensed uh, conversation about how, what the NFL is. And how does that sort of look, Jason? So obviously you're going to have um, team training sessions and you're going to have support staff, S&C coaches, physios, you have a lot of athletic trainers around you in that environment. So is it a matter then from that perspective, looking back, was that enough to sort of keep you sort of on the field and playing at the best? Or was there, was there a necessity to go and do more work on top of what was sort of done with you in a team environment? You definitely had to do more. And it's because you think a, a training staff, you have 53 guys on an active football team during the season. In the offseason, it could be 90 guys. Now you have a training staff of, you know, six to, to 12, and they have to serve all those people. So obviously you will not have time to get that one-on-one -on -one attention unless you have an injury. And this is all about injury uh, prevention. The same with your training staff. You got a strength coach with about five assistants. So you really have to have your own team off outside of the, the stadium or the facility. And that's what the guys who played a long time did and showed guys like me when I was coming up is figure out what you need to work on and figure out those professionals that can help you. You yeah. have to be careful because you can't overload, meaning you have to have the people you work with outside of your team understanding what you do and the demands you have within practice and things of that nature because you can overwork yourself if you're not careful yeah and often i've heard um nfl people say that it stands for not for long is that because <laughs> a, <laughs> a lot of people is that in injuries will end careers is that is that the thing or is it is it the nature of the sport where it just moves so fast and and, and it's obviously national the, football league oh too. is that right yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the not for long league <laughs> And, and that, you know, before practice, we start singing songs. It's uh, we uh, we definitely know uh, that the, the the end is coming soon. And I think it's it's two things. I think it's injuries. It is a it is a tough physical game, and injuries happen. But I think it's the competitive nature. You have the collegiate system, and you have all these college players coming in the next year, and you only have thirty two teams. There is no minor league in the NFL. So you have all this competition coming in, trying to get your position. Once again, it's 53 guys on a team. You have to fight guys who are already pros for your position. And then these kids coming out of college who are young, fast, and they don't have any injuries yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about that. And that's why it's called not for long. You know, to, to last, I think the average career is about two and a half years. They don't usually make it three years. Wow, that and it? that's because by your third year, you've kind of proven what you are. The team knows what you are and what your skill set is. And now you have to compete for that role every single year against existing pool of talent and the newcomers. Yeah. So if two and a half is the average, what was, how long was, how many seasons did you do? Eight. One yeah. while I was hurt though. Yeah. So, and it's, and it's, it's a little luck, you know, you got to be healthy and you have to identify what your role is early and know that if somebody comes on the team that is competing with you at that role, you got a head-to-head -head competition and you got to go win. And I think that a lot of times players get confused because they want to be just a good football player. Uh, you think, oh, I played this position. I want to be really good at this position. But in reality, the coaching staff is looking at you like, yeah, you might play this position, but we want you to do this one thing within the position really well because in a game, we need a guy who can do that. Mm -hmm. And that's really the skill set you need to be uh, honing and practicing because remember, and, and as far as it's such a strategic game, 
that you need a guy that does certain things for you and he is your guy on the team and that's what you got to be how um how does that affect the sort of um the team and group dynamic always when i see bits from the nfl and, and the teams it looks like even though it's necessarily like a big team you're saying like 53 guys like it's a sort of quite a, a, a tight network of people that unless you're doing things together and as a team like I, you know from from my experience of playing rugby like you you have to do that to be successful but then on the practice field if you've got guys it's literally like I'm going to take you out because you're after my spot like I, I remember I remember games where I'm sorry training sessions where we'd have lads who were not playing not they were they were best mates they weren't even in the same position but things would boil over in training they were scrapping like like properly scrapping <laughs> Like, was yeah. that, how did that, what was that group dynamic like? So within your position group, you spend a lot of time uh, together. And there, that's where the competition battles are. But even though it's like that, there's a lot of respect. You don't take it out on each other, per se. You kind of respect each other. But on the other side of the ball, who you're playing against, the offense and the defense going at it, you definitely take your frustration out on it, <laughs> especially in training camps and all the mini camps getting ready for the season. We always say we're so happy to play another opponent or practice against them in training camp because we're just tired of beating each other up. <laughs> and, you know, but, you know, you, you're always – I would say one of the secrets that I kind of learned is that – and I saw myself kind of evolve a little bit – is when you're in a competitive environment going against another person in your position group, you can really get caught up with what they're doing. You know, did they make a play? Did they not? You know, you worry about them so much, you're not worrying about yourself, your game. And once I stopped thinking about what the guy I was competing with doing, I could focus on myself more. And that's the only thing I could control anyways. So I would see young guys, I can see them going through that process and I'd say, you know, this guy's not going to make it. He's worried about the wrong thing. You could, I could see it as clear as day because the ones that lasted, even though it was tense, they were worried about what they could focus on. Yeah, I think that's really interesting that we get that in calisthenics massively where you can be in your training, and This whether someone does like any types of training, but anything where you're like maybe you have a training partner or you're doing things in groups or actually now these days actually just you see so much stuff online of like in, on Instagram and wherever else that you you compare yourself to those things and actually forget about what are you trying to do with your training? Where are you at with your training? And, and how do you ensure that you're doing the next steps to, to get to take you to where you want to be? But we get very easily distracted um, on that, I think, just as a in general. And uh, me and Tim, would, we'd, you know, we confess to the, we're just the same as anybody else. Is there any what sort of you said that sort of like secret to that? But what did how do you how do you stay on top of that? Like now, like because. That that still comes into play in every day, whether with your with your job, what you're doing with your job and stuff, and you see what other people are doing. Like, how do you stay on top of that? See, that's very interesting that you say that because that is what I when I look at what I've learned in sports and in competition, I think of how that has prepared me for the next steps in life and where I am now. I don't know if I didn't have that mentality, would I be able to transition like I have? because you could get so caught up with everything moving around at a fast pace. And I think that because I understand that it is a slow process, meaning I didn't become a pro 
football player in the NFL quickly. I spent a lot of time grinding the small things. I always remember one of the best players who's a coach now in the NFL I played with. His name's Aaron Glenn. And he used to tell me, you know the problem when you're struggling? Go back to the basics. What did you learn when you first started playing? The simple stuff. You know, just focus on that until you get yourself out of a rut. I've taken that same mentality and what I'm doing now is like, what are the basics? And I can observe what the basics are because I've been observing human movement my whole life. So I can look at someone successful and pick up small things they're doing. Simple things like when you talk, how you breathe. I don't have to ask a person that. I can look at my, uh, one, my co-host, Mark Chapman, and I'm watching him do certain things. And I'm like, oh, Mark, that's how you do it. Because I'm observing, because I'm focused in on what's ahead of me and I'm in the present moment. And that's kind of what I do uh, out in, in the career transition. I think of just the basic things. I focus on them and I focus on how it would help me as the person I am. I can't be anyone else, but I'm very aware of who I am. And then I steal tips and tricks from other people. I just observing them in action. And I think if so many people aren't present, and I think that's what's beautiful about uh, what, what you all do and, and challenging your body and calisthenics. Like if you're not present in calisthenics, it's game over. Yeah. You know, you yeah. have to be there. And so I was talking to a, a boxer the other day and I said, uh, and, he, and I was like, what do you do uh, to train outside of, uh, you know, outside of the ring? He's like, I work on my discipline every day. Like just things like scheduling, simple things. And I was like, wow, you know, that's when you train that, that's really training your mind to be able to focus in on so many other things in your life, which is amazing because we all have something we're trying to get good at. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. I was gonna, one of the things I think is really cool what you're doing now, Jason, is bringing all of that experience and then you're obviously a big part of the NFL Academy in the UK. And I was going to say like, if you looking back on your career now and how you train, how you prepared yourself, hindsight is a beautiful thing, but you could say, but well, what would you do differently? But you, you're now working with a group of players who can benefit directly from your extensive experience. So are you, is it, those are the sorts of things, I guess, that you're, you're sort of now making as a, um, as somebody who's, who's come out of the sport and had a career, you know what the other side looks like. So you're now in a really, not necessarily, I guess it's a coaching role in terms of like, personal coaching but tell us a little bit about that and, and how you're working with those group of players because I think that's a really like um, it's an incredible opportunity that they have to learn from some of your experience can I just, can I just jump in on what just on just uh, one thing you said towards in there everybody listening will have things that they've learned through stuff they do in their jobs and their relationships they've got all these things and I think that there's a until you that you say that that presentness until you take a bit of a step back and actually go, how can this apply to these other areas where I'm struggling? I think that's a real potential skill that obviously you're good at, but people, anyone can access that. And actually everyone's got experiences through their whole entire life that they can use in different areas, but you have to be, you've got to take a step back and you've got to then actually think about how am I going to, what have I learned? reflect and then actually apply that in a different area and I think just that's it was just, I just like really liked what you said about that there and I just I think there's a nice thing for for people listening that they don't have to have been an NFL player to be able to apply that same philosophy everyone can do that it's all about experience and we all have had experience yeah, exactly. and the way to tap back into that is just to slow it down slow down what you're doing and lock in because that's when you're aware and all of a sudden you'll think 
of solutions that you have embedded in your brain somewhere. It will come out, but you've got to give it that chance. And, and, and to your question, the NFL Academy, you know, it's, it's young kids. It's equivalent to high school in, in America. I'm still learning all the school stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, my daughter is in form one. I don't even know what that is. But, you know, it's like, she's I'm somewhere. Like, right, she's at school. Okay? school yeah. And there's people there that look yeah. after her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's amazing what she learns. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, I will say I love the school system here. You know, so, but yeah, so uh, that's why I had to, I had to give that disclaimer because I'm saying high school and people are like whatever, but yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's equivalent to high school and these kids are playing, you know, they're, playing uh, NFL, American football, and they're trying to get opportunities to go play at a university, which they have universities in this country that play football and overseas, obviously, in America. So it's, it's just amazing. And the reason I love it is because the opportunities these kids have, you already hear the stories about how they're coming together, kids from different neighborhoods, walks of life. And the reason I have, I feel like, as we all know by being involved with sports are probably one of our our greatest skills and advantages because we've been in locker rooms we've had to deal with other people i mean you know your whole life by doing this and any kind of thing whether you're in calisthenics or you're you're in a yoga class somewhere if you talk to people you're dealing with you you get those bonds and relationships and i, and I love that about the academy so yeah, being out there with those kids, I'm starting to do a lot with them now, now that it's the off season. And when it comes to teaching them stuff, I have, uh, like I said, hindsight is 2020. And the, the training is so much better. It just gets better every year. So they have people that do that. But when I'm breaking things down to a kid, I understand, or anybody, I understand how to say, this is the end result and this is the beginning. And I can now coach you through all these segments, but you have to understand what you are trying to accomplish. And I think I try to articulate that well to them beforehand, before trying to uh, coach them up. And I understand different body types and mechanics. Like I can look at a player and I can say, okay, you should try this. Like I've seen a guy like you before, you know, you, you're, you're, you're stand, you, you can't get as low as this guy. You got to get a little higher or do this or do that. You got long arms. Let's use that. You know, you're not that fast, but you're quick. So this is a better way. And they believe you because if they test it and it works, they're willing to listen again. And that's what all good coaches do. I'm not a good coach, but I've had some bad ones. But that's all learning opportunity. Right? The same thing, like one of the, some of the stuff that's, co that's shaped me as a coach is working with and seeing other people that I didn't necessarily like the way that they coach, but you still take that and go, well, I don't want to be like that. Um, so like I say, it's all context yeah. and experience. I so. always think knowing, knowing what's wrong and knowing bad things or what you don't like is, is actually a massive part of getting it right. And whereas if you've only tried one thing and you think that that's the right thing and it's working for you right now, you still don't know if it's the best thing because you haven't done any of the other stuff. Um, that's very true. And you got to know where you're comfortable at. Everybody has a, a, as a, as a place where they feel comfortable in athletics and it takes a while to get there and you have to, you have to jump over some hurdles and figure it out. But I think if you can get a person that's competing to be in that zone of where they're comfortable and they know they can do things like that. 
uh, make plays in whatever sport you're in. It's kind of getting there and tightening it up. I think I think that's a big key to success. So let's have a chat around some more calisthenic stuff. We'll get a get a little bit more specific with that. So you're when we first met, you come you came to the table with um, a little bit of baggage. It's probably fair to say in terms of uh, I've never met a guy other than RoboCop with more metal in it. <laughs> just just so people know what you're starting with, Jason. Just uh, give us a little bit of a rundown of some of the injuries that you've uh, you've had. I mean, it's it's we've got a bit of time, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got. Uh, we'll talk about the hardware first. My second year in the league, I, I broke my was it my left my left forearm um broke the uh broke the forearm one of the bones the big one and uh that was pretty nasty it was bent like a u and uh <laughs> got that repl- repaired got a metal rod in that and came back in four games played the rest of the year uh that was ridiculous yeah only, only out for four games there. four games five weeks because we had a week off that's insane four games. yeah that's much yeah. so five so weeks it was, it was five weeks yeah because they put the rod in the middle rod so the bone was fine it was just pain tolerant i was gonna say you so off played... your tits on painkillers i played with it give me a couple more of those pills coach rod. yeah yeah we uh, things were different <laughs> things were different we uh we had a little more uh, at our disposal and, is the, yeah, and so. the rod is still there like it they leave the, the metal rod's in still there yeah. the rod's still there then Four, two years later, I broke the, the, the right arm, same wrist, uh, next other wrist, and broke that in both places. That was pretty nasty. I passed out on the sideline, so that, I mean, on the field, so that was, that was a good one. Uh, missed the rest of the year because it was like game 10. Then I rebroke it again above the plate. So rebroke it again above the plate, played with that, and then I had to retire because I had, uh, degenerative disc disease so i have an artificial disc in my l4 l5 so a youngest person to get that surgery in america at the time so they had never did it on anybody at and at, at 30 they don't know how long it'll last but i'm good right now so we're just on in terms of the forearm and the wrist breaks jason is that like is that a position specific thing because you you seem to have like i mean three three instances that was that is that a common injury for people playing american football or specifically with with how or where you played I think it is with the position I play on defense, defensive backs, a lot of tackle, a lot of running, a uh, full head, uh, a full speed ahead. And sometimes you just swing your arm at somebody to try to take them down. And if a knee hits you right in the middle of your forearm, and that's what happened to one of mine, it, it'll just snap it. The other one, a guy was, I was trying to make a tackle and a guy hit me from the side and I put my arm down to brace myself and it just snapped like a broom. So, you know, just too much force. Yeah. I think that's one of the, the really different things about like rugby and American football. When you watch it from a contact perspective, like rugby's got like rules of engagement around the tackle. There's a certain way that we tackle and there's things you can and can't do. Whereas American football, just flip and do whatever you want. Just get the guy. Like you can, it's literally, yeah. apart from grabbing by the helmet, there's not a lot you can't, you can't do, right? Well, yeah. Well, they've taken the helmet out of the game now. It's a ton of uh, rugby technique as far as tackling. It's kind of taken over the NFL as a whole. So they have totally stole rugby techniques, and it's much better. The tackling looks a lot more smooth mm. because of that. But there is something to where if a big guy is running downhill at me and I have a, a helmet to protect me and shoulder pads, I mean, there's a way I'm diving at his knee and I'm trying to put my shoulder on his knee because that's the only way. 
going to stop a guy coming downhill with all that force. And you don't see that in rugby. You know, guys, they're up a little higher because you can't go that low. You get you, your face knocked off, right? <laughs> so, but I got the, the face mask to protect me. So you still get those those high-impact hits like that. Um, and that, that'll never change. But they are protecting players more. No more blindside. Like the way I got hit when I broke my arm, that would be illegal now. The yeah. way a guy hits you from the side. Yeah, yeah. And just do you have any like experiences? So a lot of contact-based injuries, but anything which is like a non-contact, did you see that much? And do you see that now with the players that you're working with of just like the guys trying to change direction on the, on the pitch and then all of a sudden they blow an ACL or they bust an ankle or? All the time, all the time. You see more of that than anything. I mean, I've seen a guy's Achilles pop just going backwards, backpedaling. It mm. sounded like a shotgun blast. Like, pow! He's like, what just happened? The guy just fell down. Uh, you see knees all the time. You see things happen where a guy's just moving and he just falls, and you know it's bad. Yeah. Uh, non-contact, stuff like that. A strength coach I had in, in Houston who had been around a long time, he had uh, been with Washington for years, the way we trained in the off season, we didn't do a lot of cutting. And I, I had come from Dallas, the Cowboys, and we did a ton of it. And I was like, what's the reason? And he said, son, you only have so many cuts in you. I don't want to waste them out here. And, I, <laughs> and, I, and he was right. You know, you, you, can, you only got so many of those. And you have to train, of course, to get ready to play. But you can overdo it in the off season by just putting too much strain on your ligaments. I've seen a ton of that stuff. And – you know, it is the luck of the draw with how you are built. Can you sustain that? But those soft tissue issues are usually what keeps a guy from making teams because he's not on the field. Yeah, I think that's really important. And that's where we sort of, we're doing some stuff in um, sort of a professional sport now. We've done some stuff with Scottish rugby. We're doing some stuff with the FA. Um, and we're talking around that that um, that concept that improving athletes' movement options, like what ways have you got that you can move? And often, I think in, in sport, we end up going quite hard towards like these are the technical requirements from a, let's take American football, rugby, whatever, you can put any sport you want in there. These are things from a game specific perspective we need to be able to do, position specific. And then we have like the, the, the specific demands from a physical perspective of um, sprint speed, um, agility, we've got like metabolic systems and that sort of stuff. But what underpins all of that and keeps people healthy and safe is this physical literacy. Um, and I think that's something that we probably like connected a little bit on when we started to break some of this stuff down. And calisthenics is not going to get somebody to run a really, really fast kind of like 40-yard dash or whatever. It's, it's going to have some benefit of just creating a chassis, which means they've got a system which they can move. Just talk to us a little bit around the importance of that from because you've now kind of got experience on both sides um, and how you sort of see the interaction between that. So... In the off season, like we were talking before, it's all about it's all about building your base, and it's all about going back to the basics, and that's what you're saying. I mean, you can do all these high level drills and things of that nature, but if you don't have a base, if you aren't grounded, if you don't fix certain weaknesses that you have, they will come out to haunt you. <laughs> you know, you will either get hurt or you will not perform. And what we do each off season is rebuild that base. And I, and I, early on in my career, I was always doing calisthenics uh, and not as advanced as what you all are doing and what I'm learning there. But I just knew and understood, man, it's something about these body squats, it's building up the lactic acid. I could run all day. You know, it was different than when I was just squatting on, you know, with the weights, it just did something different when I was doing high volume of 
of I started doing the handstand push-ups and pull-ups, the way I could pull guys and maneuver. It just was different than what the weights was giving me. So I spent that first part of the off season, especially your traveling and stuff like that. All I did was calisthenics. All I did was rebuild stuff. And I could kind of feel stuff where stuff was weak. You know, you couldn't hide when you were doing the calisthenic work uh, like you could in the weight room. And that was one of the keys for me is that I under, I built that base back before I got and started that weight training, which what we had to do and it was a necessity. But I'm so glad I had a grasp of that because that really helped me build that core base. Yeah, that's uh, it's uh, it's something that we're sort of coming back to more and more and more often and people, it's nice when we're sort of on a level of realizing the importance of, of these things. And um, that sort of segues a little bit into what does it look like now though for, for Jason Bell, like having, you know, what's, what's the, what's the reason for training? Like what's the, what are some of the goals? How does, how does someone that's got broken forearms and metal plates in them, like go about trying to still enjoy, like, do you enjoy training or is training there for staying fit because you know that's good to stay fit and healthy like where, where do you sit on that continuum oh man it's all about quality of life and it's if you're an athlete and we all love moving regardless of uh, playing pro or or just you know playing in the park movement just does something to you right i mean it, it makes everything work better it, as far as i'm concerned i think better uh, I feel better. So it's a necessity. Every day I have to do it. Now I have to do it differently because if I don't, then the quality of life decreases because of so many injuries. So I'm basically keeping everything at bay. And yeah. it, so I have to work and uh, stay, uh, stay flexible. The mobility is big for me because I'm just, I mean, the aches and the pains and the arthritis, I mean, I'm just, I'm just keeping it away. And that's a lot different than other people my age that can work out and want certain results and their body can still significantly change. With me, it's all about maintenance. And uh, it's if I don't do it, then I just get tight and I, it's just every day is miserable. I mean, I can if I don't do this, I'll wake up and I'm so tight. My back, everything hurts so bad. I spend all day like literally trying to stretch on the floor, trying to figure it out if I don't stay to this strict kind of training schedule. I mean, it's almost like, you know, I'm a, a 70 year old man just trying to make sure I can walk every day. There's a sense of that, which is a lot different than other people, but that's what I have to do. Yeah. And, and what's that sort of like, cause we, we, we went through some stuff, introduced some calisthenics stuff. We actually ended up um, when we, we sort of, after we connected, I sent you through a couple of training programs and they were, a lot of it was like quite corrective exercise to get you back to a point where you can kind of move with, with less pain in your knees and, and in your back. Um, and we played around with some fun stuff as well. Is that, how's that sort of shaped your training? The corrective is probably part of that, but are you finding time to sort of work on handstands and some other stuff, which is probably like a little bit more fun than doing glute bridges like six days a week. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. The handstands are really big for me. I mean, they're, 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 they're one of my staples. I mean, and I think it's, it, I think because of the, the injuries to the forearms and, and, and things I've done with my shoulders, I mean, the handstands are just brilliant. And even the core element of it, it's just something that is, is, it's been so good to me. I, it keeps the pain in my forearms uh, down. Like I feel so much better because of that and you know a lot of things we did with the core stuff is is really good just activated it and 
and and doing it in a way where I take the stress off of my back. Um, so yeah. the the drills you sent me, I forget what it's called, the boat looking one. Uh, uh, hollow body, yeah, that was hard, eh? The hollow body, yeah. So the hollow body is really, I love that. It really helps me a lot. I, I that that's that is my staple. Um, Which is good because and, it wasn't. Let's say probably it's probably fair to say that wasn't the, the the highlight of the day when we first tried it. For no, you. no, no, that wasn't. I wasn't like, oh, this is great. I was like, man, what is this mess right here? This <laughs> is killing me. But yeah, it's it's so good for me. So um, that and I'm learning. Like even with I have to work around my knees a lot. So I'm I'm doing certain things and I, I've taken a lot of the. Uh, the single leg squat things and I, I can't go as low like I'm looking at stuff and I'm like oh I wish I could do that but I just can't but I'm still doing it to a way that's comfortable with my knees because uh, I just you know it just the body isn't what it used to be but yeah. I'm st- I work around those things and I do the best I can you know and I think that's the difference with me I, I, I say to your point earlier about how people are in classes being competitive against each other like that competitive nature is knocked out of me so it's like I'm like I'm like I, I'm like yeah go you can have it like you should go do it but I know what I can do and I'm so focused on that it's it's really helping me because I'm not gonna overdo it because I don't want any setbacks. I did see a little bit of competitive nature when, uh, oh, when yeah. we pitched up against <laughs> the England rugby player yeah. World Cream. Where we yeah, did. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 there somewhere if 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 needs oh, be. That, that's different. That's ah, different. That's okay. different. But that, that's different. We were. I was challenged. You know, I was challenged. <laughs> One of my favorite parts about that day was when we did this little like combine thing with calisthenics at the end of the of the workout, and um, Jason hadn't understood that he was on my team. And there was a point where like you were just like you had your first go, and you thought you were like by yourself, and it was like every man for himself. And then you realized that like, we were together, and I said, like, "Oh no, it's going to be all right." We're okay, we're like. <laughs> It was all you. I, I knew if I had you on my team, I had action. So it was good. <laughs> it all, yeah, ended in a draw. So I think that was probably a fair result. Yeah. Just one thing, yeah, Jason, just you. like in terms of pain and stuff now, because you, you kind of, when we first met, you come up a point of having quite a break from training, not being in the gym for a while. Have you noticed a significant improvement in sort of the levels of pain and management? And, and this is not fishing for a compliment. I'm just generally interested about you going from a point of like moving less and probably now moving more than you were maybe sort of six, seven, eight months ago. Is that being a significantly, have you, have, you, have you genuinely felt better as a result of incorporating more training into your week? Yes. And it's because it's all about movement for me. It's all about the mobility. This is why I went away from lifting weights is, uh, I could, the stiffness of it just wouldn't work for me. I would go in and I'd be so stiff. Everything would hurt so bad. And I don't have that with doing the calisthenics. I'm sore, but the stiffness is different because of the mobility. And that's what a person like me needs. I need to constantly be moving and get that range of motion mm-hmm. to increase in everything I do. That is so significant with me. And I have, and the, and the reason I feel uh, positive about it is I have so many years to get better at this. This is not, this is something that I could advance so far doing because I'm starting in a place that wasn't that good. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nothing I have to be scared about where I'm thinking, oh man, you know, I, like I can't lift heavy weights and stuff like that. Like I can do this and I feel and see the results. Yeah. It's, um, we've been talking a lot recently around, um, the, the, Tim's coined a phrase: investing in your physical pe- uh, investing in your physical pension, and it, and it sounds that that certainly embodies like where you're at with your um, 
with your training and, and with your body. And it, it sounds to me like you have a very, I'm quite jealous. You have a very, even though not jealous of your injuries, but your, um, your understanding of where you're at and your sort of, comfortable about what it is that you're trying to do and you're in a you're in a good mental place with that um I, like i know that for someone that's obviously you've been at the highest level that then when you're not able to do still do those things that can be quite frustrating a lot of the time for people so um so it's it's inspiring and encouraging um to see one last question i had was around um what does what do how do you you're a, you're a busy guy you're you're here there and everywhere with all the you're in America in the UK working with the NFL what how does it how does it fit into you do you do do you go to a gym to do a session or do you do little bits and pieces during the day or how do, what does it look like for you both and you just the the best thing I've kind of realized this year with as the schedule increase is you have to schedule your workouts. Like it's, it's, I can't wing it anymore. Like I'll be like, oh, I'll wing it. You know, I'll find time in the day and I'll make it happen. Now it has to be scheduled. If I have a busy, busy day, I can't go to a gym, can't do anything. I wake up earlier and I do my calisthenics. A lot of movement type prep, uh, light workouts, get it going, but I'm just moving. And I'm doing that before I leave the house. Long day, but I've done that and it helps me. And sometimes I don't even want to tire myself out too much. Because one thing I learned, and I learned this from fight sports, is that everybody, we can all train, but we all got different gas tanks. And the, the quicker you figure out your gas tank, the better. And I've and I, I've pushed myself in a workout early in the morning, and I was dead by the end of the day. So <laughs> I know kind of how much I can give on what day. And so on days I have a lot, I start off the day, I have to get movement. But other days I have classes scheduled. I do, uh, and I'll go to a gym, do my own workouts, or I'll do certain classes for cardio stuff. But I always schedule what I'm going to do workout that day. Nice. Awesome, mate. And um, just a little bit of NFL chat um, for the people listening, because there'll be people that have tuned in. Like, um, I, I actually didn't get to follow it as much as I would like to this season, because we were just here, there, and everywhere as well. But from what I did see, an incredible season. I'm super um, excited with the with the Super Bowl final. Um, those, I think the, the Chiefs are just incredible this season to see those guys play like some of the way they managed to claw back deficits in games is just inspiring to see a team play like that come from 10 20 points down and win and then do it multiple times was, was something special oh they are we were so lucky this year because you had the best two teams not every year does that happen and you had the best two teams this year and then also as the when you look at the whole season you had so many new stars. The NFL always worries about replenishing the stars, especially at the quarterback position. But this new crop of guys is just the future looks bright. And what we saw, which I loved in, in the Super Bowl champion in uh, Kansas City, is when they were down and in the game and it wasn't going right, you saw their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, who will be the highest paid player when he redoes his deal, It'll probably be one of the best ever. And you saw him on the sideline. I just remember watching the game. We're doing a live broadcast. So I, I can see everything. So I watched movements. And I'm looking at him on the sideline. He's got his head down. And I'm like, this is his moment. I was like, this, this is his destiny. He is going to, whatever he's going to become, it's right now. And it's whatever, because he, he was down. And the way he bounced back, the way he overcame that adversity, things were just going terrible. 
And it was that, you know, sports is a microcosm of life. And you just saw this guy like, man, forget it. And he went out there and he went back to his basics. Now, his basics are different than everybody else, <laughs> but it's what he does. And that's what he did. He didn't do anything different. He was himself and it worked. And I just, I, I wanted to see the best team win, but the ability to see a guy and a team overcome adversity by just being what you are and sticking to that, I mean, that was exciting. So, hey, I'm ready for next year already. But uh, <laughs> first of all, they got to get their core and their base down. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's an interesting one because kind of following a little bit of that story, like the Patrick Mahomes' story is that he played all sorts of sports when he was a kid. And, and I'm reading Range by David Epstein at the moment, and it talks about developing this base of experiences. And he was a really good baseball player. Um, players as I, as, I'm, as I think I'm right um, through high school but then also I, I watched it and I was like this kid's not afraid to fail but he's 20 what is he 22 years old and he's playing yeah. at this level and, and the the kahunas to like to play as he does and to just just take the team with him like from a from a physical perspective he's got range but then mentally as well to step up on a, on a first time to a Super Bowl um, opportunity to win and then he's just gonna like oh, it's just insane like it was unbelievable yeah, his dad was a major league pitcher in a baseball. So he's been around pros his whole life. And there's a serious advantage to that. And it is because you've seen people in high pressure situations respond. So you kind of have these answers that you don't even know you have because you've been having these conversations and talking about them. It's like if your father's a surgeon and you become a surgeon, you'll say, I've been talking this stuff on the dinner table my whole life. And that's what it is with him. And you see that uh, a pitcher in baseball, it's a lot of pressure. You're up there by yourself throwing at hitters. Uh, there's a game that's going on uh, between you and that person. And I think Patrick Mahomes, has he's got that. He's seen that his whole life. He's so calm in the moment because he's got answers because he's been watching it for his entire life. So uh, not a lot, of, a lot of people get to the pros and they got to figure that out either by seeing a teammate or having a coach that prepares them or gives them answers to the test. But this kid has seen it his whole life. Yeah. So do you reckon next season, I know it's like the NFL feels like who's going to get to the, to the Super Bowl is that it can be a, a bit of a lotty. One thing I'm fairly sure is that we spoke about that, that my team, the Arizona Cardinals, have got some work to do. Um, not quite sure we're going to win the Super Bowl next year, but uh, do you reckon could the Chiefs go back to back? They could go back to back. They kept their defensive coordinator who I played with Steve Spagnuolo, they could go back to back and they, they, they could because of their quarterback and their major position guys, they'll keep. It's hard to go back to back, but they could. With your Arizona Cardinals, I wouldn't be so worried because your quarterback, Kyler Murray, had a great year and he played well at the end of the year. First pick of the first round, I think you are in good hands and they'll make some other moves to kind of make that team a little better. But at least you found a quarterback. A lot of teams are – that's what they need. If you don't have that position sealed up and tight, everything else has to be great. So yeah. you're on your way. We're open and running. We're, open. We're actually going to Arizona for a holiday in November. And I haven't got a fixture list yet, so if you get a heads up for the fixture list, let me know because I want to, I want to try and plan my trip around trying to go yeah, and watch a game. game. I've never been to an NFL game before, so we're going to try and, uh, try and make that happen. That's but, a good stadium. That's a good stadium. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to Chiefs and Cardinals uh, Super Bowl next February then. That's going to be a good game. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know if I can sign my name to that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Cool. Thank you, Jason, so much uh, for, for coming on the podcast. Um, if anyone um, has got any questions following up from this, I'm sure you can reach out to find Jason on uh, Instagram. Is Jason Bell 33 on Instagram that right? Jason Bell, Jason Bell, thirty-three. Yeah, that's it. It's my name and my number. I need to remember that. <laughs> so if you uh, if you've got any questions for for Jason, you can hit him up there. If you've got any questions for us, you know where to find us on social media as well. Um, and if you haven't yet given the the podcast one of those amazing five star reviews, Jason would really love you to do that, wouldn't you? Yes, I'm all about five-star and, and when you've done five-star for us, just pop over to Jason's podcast and give them five stars as well. Make, whilst you're on the platform, you might as well do two. Two birds, one stone. It's all about sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we will finish and wrap up this podcast. So thank you, Jason, for coming on. And until next time. Class is dismissed. So thank you so much again for listening. We don't take it lightly that you uh, give up probably an hour of your time to listen to these podcasts, and we really do appreciate that. We hope you got a load of value out of it, guys, and we would, if you did, we would love you to do a couple of things for us. One of them is tell other people and share it if you thought that we were adding some value, and also, if you want to, pop over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star review. We like five stars. Four stars not as good. Keep it five stars. are the best. Five of your best stars, please. <laughs> and if you would like to find out more about the School of Calisthenics and see the best of everything that we have got, head over to our virtual classroom. You can access it from the website at schoolofcalisthenics.com. And that is where we have got literally, possibly, the best calisthenics resource available anywhere in the world. It's definitely the best one we've done. And on that note, until next week, class dismissed. <laughs>